Hello guys, how you doing? Been a while posting on the podcast. I just wanted to do one here, hoping to get a Sikh boxer on this week. Um, but just wanted to reflect quickly on the transfer window. I'm Ed Draper, sports broadcaster in the UK. I wrote a piece actually for GiveMeSport.com about the human side of the transfer window, which is uh, accessible via my Instagram profile page, which you may want to check out. Just thinking about that over the weekend, actually, particularly with West Ham United, who obviously came up against a rampant Liverpool team. Uh, but with all that new addition of uh, players um, to the team, 9-10, and then I think in this day, five new players into the lineup, and just the human reality of how difficult that is. I think Vicky Gummersall, who I work with on Sky Sports News, fellow presenter, remarked that if we came into work and everyone had changed, production staff, office staff, then perhaps your performance would be undermined, perhaps you wouldn't gel, perhaps the broadcast wouldn't work as well. And obviously more acute in football. Um, in the piece I wrote for GiveMeSport.com, which is basically on my web link on my profile page, Ed underscore Draper 81 on Instagram, uh, also remarked that it's um, a big cultural change for a lot of players. Um, anecdotally, a lot of reports from clubs come that players who come directly from South America really struggle with Northern European winters in Britain. And even beyond that, culturally settling in, and if you think of Fabian Balbuena, who came from Corinthians in Brazil to West Ham, what a change that is culturally, where you eat, how you live, if you're by the seaside or not, living in East London. You know, I was born in East London. It's, you know, kind of vibrant, multicultural place, but perhaps not as scenic as uh, parts of Brazil, not as warm. Culture's different. Now, our fresco dining's not as big, going out in the evenings, particularly when it draws in the night story. So kind of like the human side of A, the complexity of throwing lots of different players in, which I think was most obvious at, at West Ham United. We've seen it previously, of course, with Tottenham Hotspur under Andre Villas-Boas, which took years to work out and ultimately cost the Portuguese manager his job at Spurs. So I think that's my sort of feelings around the transfer window is when you look at the peak managers who excelled, namely the last 30 years, Sir Alex Ferguson, it was always a case of... Um, of bringing your, um, you, you, holding your core together, your strong players, starting to extended contracts, perhaps paying them more money because that's a better investment than blowing a big transfer fee. That's not a given. You're buying human commodities. You're not buying stats on a paper. And that's part of the issue is that you're not sure how they'll adjust, how the families will adjust, if they've got kids and schools, how will that go if they speak English. Uh, and that was, that's an interesting aspect to it. Manchester United always added one or two players each season to, to keep it doing. In a similar way to Manchester City, have done with the, the Riyad Mahrez signing, another option, another attacking option. Arguably, of course, missing out on Jorginho is big for them who went to Chelsea because they need a cover for Fernandinho in the, in the midfield. Man City there, that's arguably the sort of, I guess, the, the poorest aspect to their team in terms of depth would be, um, would be that. Liverpool looked good again. I think there was clarity and intent, wasn't there? How you judge people's transfer windows, it's hard to do now. But when you look at Liverpool's win over West Ham, there was real purpose in the signings because you see how Nebi Keita fits into their 4-3-3 midfield. You see potentially how Jordan Shakiri who comes in, can operate most likely as a replacement for Mo Salah on the right-hand side, but could uh, occupy one of the front three positions or probably one of the uh, midfield three positions if you're playing against a weaker opposition who you don't need to worry defensively against too much. Uh, fascinating ramifications, by the way, for England, wasn't it? We, we talked a lot about England over the World Cup. Um, speaking to Tom McDermott and Chris Scudder and I just wonder whether Jordan Henderson will have to move potentially in January if he looks at his future and how important England's for him because didn't start for Liverpool at the weekend obviously he's coming back from that World Cup may well play his way back in but 
looking at the athleticism and the, and the kind of ability of Naby Keita to do everything. You wonder if he's going to get him out of the team. Fabinho could come in there. Milner played at the weekend. Um, Oxlade-Chamberlain for Liverpool was out for a long time, but what a player he is. Uh, Manchester United um, keeping hold of their best players in terms of David De Gea, hopefully keeping hold of Paul Pogba. My team, United, um, started Friday night against Leicester, didn't they? And it's interesting. I talked to Tom McDermott on his United M podcast, more about that from a fan's perspective. But again, it's after five years of Ferguson leaving, there's that anxiety. You know, we mentioned Liverpool. And I did a chat to Martin Tyler, long-term Sky Sports commentator, about the, sort of his historic Premier League moments. This was an internal thing at Sky Sports. And he was mentioning some of the greatest games in Premier League history. A lot of the early mid-90s involved Liverpool. Real attack inside, Collie Moore, Fowler, McManaman. Uh, you may remember those names. Barnes, the tail end of his career. Uh, really kind of vibrant Jamie Redknapp as part of that midfield as well. 4-3 wins over Newcastle United in the mid-90s were a real high point for a lot of people, but they didn't win the title. They didn't really challenge for, for silverware consistently. And now, 28 years later, there's hope again through Jurgen Klopp. But Manchester United fans, like myself, will think five years since the last title, five years since Sir Alex Ferguson left. Are we getting closer? Are we getting farther away from that summit? And it's interesting. They kept hold of players. Uh, did sign players. I think Fred in midfield will be good. I think Daldot, at some point, the right-back will come in. Um, possibly the left back, although Luke Shaw was reinvented, scored the winner goal against Leicester. But I suppose it's some issue people talk about winning, but you have to look beyond the performance to sort of long-term scope for winning and, and wonder how fortunate United were at home to Leicester City. Jamie Vardy scores ultimately a consolation, but also had a swivel shot six yards out that flew over the bar. So you go a little bit deeper and think, was there fluidity for United after they scored the opening goal, the penalty? Was there fearfulness, apprehensiveness? Was there a, a kind of cogent plan? It didn't seem quite there again, did it? And maybe that will come, but very reminiscent of the past five years and a sort of slight disjointed feel to it. Um, tricky uh, tricky way to evaluate it. But I think if you listen, if you read the piece, do get in touch. I'm at Draper 81 on Twitter. And on that note on Twitter, I've been doing a few things lately, hypothetical football scenarios where you get to pick your players um, and how you would, how would you go with a kind of scenario in football and who you'd pick to, to play the parts. The most recent one was a slide rule pass from a creative midfielder into a quicksilver striker. I described it as a pacey striker who takes one touch, then shoots right foot past the keeper from the edge of the area. And for me, in that scenario, it was Beardsley to Newcastle to uh, Andy Cole in their Newcastle heyday early 90s. But a lot of people have seen that as Gerard to Torres for Liverpool in the 2008-2009 season. Or kind of um, other people have come up as Pires to Henri Bergkamp to Henri Bergkamp to Anelka. There's a lot of hypotheticals there, so just get in touch, involved in that if you're a football football fan who's susceptible to a bit of nostalgia, like all of us. But anyway, I just wanted to post on here just to, to say hello to those people who follow my podcast. Um, I think Anchor's a great app, hoping to get a few more interviews. I'm going to be at a few boxing matches over the course of uh, the late summer. I'm going to Ame Khan September 8th in Birmingham, and then I'm going to Anthony Joshua against Alexander Perfekin September 22nd at Wembley, hosting there for Matchroom for their world feed. So hopefully get a few more boxing interviews in between recording uh, the links for, for TV. But if you're new to this, uh, my name's Ed Draper. I'm a sports broadcaster in the UK, fascinated by delving a little bit deeper into some of the thoughtful aspects of, of football and looking at what's going on, um, some of the cultural things, how football mirrors society, how at Leeds Society, why we're football fans, why we're sports fans, um, what it teaches us, boxing in particular, why do we love boxing, it's a kind of metaphor for life I suppose, the courage of getting in the ring, getting knocked down, getting back up, so things like that going a little bit under the tank and actually going back to Manchester United and the Jose Mourinho negativity or apparent deflation about not signing new players, 
particularly new centre-halves, given that he'd already signed Eric Bailly and Victor Lindelof, the Swede, to Manchester United since he came to the club in 2016, was this kind of feeling of lack, like it's not enough. He spent nearly £400 million in two years, but there's not enough. You need to buy more, can't be content, can't be happy with what you have. And it sort of seemed to me that, I don't know what your friends are like, but that's kind of a, a cultural thread um, for me at the moment that people get a house, they want a bigger house, they want a new car, they want something bigger and better than what they have. And it's, sometimes you have to appreciate what you have. And at United, I think, when you bear it out, the players like Lukaku, Mata, Pogba, um, across across the sort of attacking time. Anthony Martial, for me, is a wonderful talent and he's going to be hurting after missing the World Cup. Albeit became a father for the second time, so personally will be adulated but tired. Um, so just getting a little bit under the tank and thinking about aspects of sport, trying to be thoughtful as I can and love to get your contributions. Ed Draper 81 on Twitter is where I guess I get the most resonance in terms of social media and the biggest following, but trying to get activate Instagram as well, Ed underscore Draper 81. And I'm on LinkedIn as well as Ed Draper. And I'm also got a Facebook page, Ed Draper there. So I'd love to get your thoughts on sport, anything you think should be discussed, talked about. There's an interesting piece over the summer of Kiko Rodriguez, football agent, um, son of Jay Rodriguez. Met up with him in a motorway service station talking about the complexities of the human side of um, football agency and how some young players get exploited, then dropped early in their careers by agents looking to make a quick buck or a quick pound in the UK. Uh, I think there's kind of a lot, a lot to explore in that side of things, I've also spoken to him and other ethical agents who are taking a more kind of holistic approach, not taking things from young players and trying to build them and help them on a, a long-term plan and career. So it's it's interesting how it's um, how you can view that and how maybe the game is changing, becoming a little bit more holistic. Maybe not always though. Uh, so I think there's lots to to explore and on the personal side of things. Even factors like becoming a dad myself knocked me off my feet and probably affected my work performance on television. And I just look at. Harry Kane, I think, had his second child and he's looked laboured over the summer. Perhaps his personal weight of responsibility is, is weighing on him. You never know, do you? There's, there's factors that we don't look at. We look at things on paper and think footballers should be robotic and replicate stats everywhere they go in, in every situation. But yeah, I just think, you know, we, or we often use money as a, as a reason why, but money quite often, once you're settled, once you've got a roof over your head and food in your stomach, maybe doesn't make so much of a difference, does it, to the, the mental and, and physical side of, of life. But anyway... Uh, love to hear from you on Twitter or whatever and I'll catch up with you soon but over the weekend let me know what your thoughts were Liverpool looked stronger than they Manchester City again fearsome Arsenal again you talk about psychology and mentality is it a lacking of uh, of players who have a, a real kind of resilience and and dis- dislike of losing I suppose and a passion that perhaps hasn't been fully replaced even though Arsene Wenger's gone after 22 years and Unai Emery's there Lots of aspects of football is interesting. Most interesting, of course, is that only one team wins the league. So it's a very small margin if you deem success only by winning the league. Surely you have to look at performances, which takes you back to United. Maybe the performance wasn't so hot against Leicester, really, although the three points were ultimately put into the bag. Cheers, guys. Hope to switch soon. Cheers.